Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, finish strong. Finishing strong is, uh, I need you to recognize, is, is vital in this day and age. Because we have people that will come to an altar, put a ring on the finger of a person next to them and say, I do, when really they don't. People that will take a job and say, I'll do this job for this money. And the job that they were so excited to get two weeks ago, now they can't stand uh, here. Before they were telling everyone how grateful they are for the job, now they can't stand the job. We make commitments that we don't follow through for. We join gyms that we don't go to. In fact, do you realize we have two months left in 2015? Two months, two and a half months left in 2015. That means just 10 months ago, many of you made resolutions that you will get out of debt. How's that going for you so far? That you will get healthy. How's that going so far? That you will draw closer to God. All right. All right. That you will be faithful to church. That you will eat healthier. We're kind, of losing, we're kind of losing momentum here. <laughs> and we look around and we think, I, I thought I would have been farther along after 10 months. I thought I would have been farther in my marriage, farther in my finances, farther in breaking that addiction, farther in my education. I thought I would have been farther relationally, physically. Uh, I, I, would have been, I would have progressed a little more than where I'm at right now. But I need you to understand that there's still a couple months left in the year, and I want to encourage you, it's not too late to finish strong. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. It's not too late to finish strong. That you have the ability to finish strong in life. If you would stand to your feet as we turn to Matthew chapter 14. Doing a good job back there, Vivi. Thank you, man. We're going to put a glass on your keyboard so people could tip you while you're playing. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Matthew 14, verse 28. I want to talk to you about storms, how to finish strong through storms of life. Because we all go through storms. Don't get it twisted. If you don't need this message today, you're going to need it in the future. But I need you to understand what uh, Wayne Cordero says, that we'll go through two storms in life, storms of correction and storms of perfection. Storms of correction are storms that you go through in life because you did something wrong. And God allows something to come into our life to get us back on track again, like Jonah. Amen? Remember the story of Jonah? It was his mess up that caused the storm to come. But then there's storms of perfection where you're doing everything right, that you're following what God wants you to do, and yet you still find storms rising up. 
Those storms are perfecting you so that God can reveal a part of his character that we didn't know before. Rose, it's so good to see you. And I need, I need this church to understand just how valuable you are uh, to this community. And what you're doing for these kids. And how you're standing there through their storms. And how you've been there for them to help encourage them, to pray with them, to strengthen them. And she works with all our at-risk kids here in San Jose. And Rose, we just want to say thank you that you're doing a phenomenal job in working with these kids. Here I want to talk about a storm of perfection. Listen, if you're going through a storm right now because you're stupid... Yeah, I said it. If you're going through a storm because of stupid choices, deal with it. Get it right. Don't blame God. Get it right. But if you've gone through a going through a storm today because you've obeyed God and you're going through a storm of perfection, this is the message for you right now. In verse chapter 14, verse 28 says this. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, everyone say you. Command me to come to you on the water. Now, what is Peter thinking? There's a storm raising, rising up. The winds are blowing. The, these guys have been rowing for like three hours, uh, for, for, for hours, and they've only gone three miles, and they're stuck. And he asked Jesus to command me to come to you. And look what Jesus says. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to Jesus. Come on, somebody. There's only two people in the world that have ever walked on water, Peter and Jesus. Now, now look what happens here. But, everyone say but. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand that we are all creatures of habit. I just read a book called uh, Habits and how habits are formed. And they talk about how you never truly break a habit. You never break a habit in your life. What you do is you learn a new habit to cover an old habit. That's why when things happen, especially those that are going through addiction, they, they still have that habit of addiction there. They've learned to cover over it. But when something goes wrong in life or they find themselves battling something, all of a sudden that habit comes back up again because the habit's never been removed. The habit's still there. It's just that a new habit has to come and take its place. And habits are formed that, uh, let me put it to you this way, every habit has a cue, something that starts the habit, a routine, and then a reward for that habit. And what, what am I talking about? The cue you got cut off on your way to church. Your routine is to flip them off or tell them the way to Jesus. Heaven's that way. I know I'm talking about other churches, not here. And then the reward is how you feel after you did it. Well, I showed them. Or when you get depressed, the cue is depression. 31 flavors is the routine. And the reward is how you feel after you got your banana split. 
you following me? And so, or if you're a husband, the, the cue is when your wife asks you to throw out the trash while watching the game. The routine is the dirty look you give to her. And then how you feel when you're done. Don't ever tell me to throw out the trash while the game's going on. We all have habits. We are creatures of habit. You are today the result of your habits yesterday. Physically, you are where you're at because of your habits. Financially, you're where you're at because of your habits. Spiritually, you are where you're at because of your habits. Educationally, you are where you are because of your habits. Every one of us is a result of our habits. Every single one of you in here is the result of the habits that we've chosen. And so I need you to understand that habit, fit, that finishing strong is a habit just like quitting is. And some of you are really great when tough times come up, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the economy turns or, or you find out that you're struggling physically or there's something going on in your marriage. Some of you, when there's crisis that goes up, you're like, you put on the Superman cape and you're like, let's bring it on. I'm ready to handle this because you are a strong finisher. Those of you clapping know who they are, but there's some of you, as soon as you get it, you get a, you get a, a hangnail, you want to quit. <laughs> Quitting is, in, is a habit just like anything else. In fact, turn your attention to the screen. Take a look at this. Go, Sylvia, run. Run. There you go. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, what, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit 
and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. And I know Rocky isn't a real person, but the spirit is. Uh, sorry to disappoint some of you. It's like Santa Claus isn't... <laughs> but the spirit of Rocky lives in every one of us. That when tough times or tough fights come up, you rise up and you're ready to go another round. But there's some that just have a habit of giving up as soon as they find any storm rise up in their life. They're ready to walk away from a relationship, ready to walk away from God, ready to quit their job, ready to, ready to walk away from a church, ready to walk away from a ministry. So many people have it ingrained in their DNA to give up. You don't know what it is to finish strong. You don't know what it is to fight for something you believe in. And Peter was a man and a creature of habit just like you and I. That they had just got done feeding 5,000 people. And the Bible says that Jesus then tells them, get in the boat. And he tells them to get in the boat. And when they get in the boat, they start to the other side. And the Bible says that literally Jesus went to the mountaintop to pray. And as he was praying, he watched them struggle for hours. Many of us have a hard time understanding that we think that as soon as we go through any battle in life that God shows up immediately to deliver us. But according to this, Jesus literally waited and he watched them struggle. Listen, Jesus sees your struggle. But he doesn't always just show up to deliver you. He's trying to develop a little fight in you. To watch you push through when times get tough. How do you finish strong? That's what I want to share with you this morning. How do you press on? How do you finish the race? I want you to understand that something about Peter. He had a habit of following up something great with something stupid. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. He said, man, Peter, man, who, I don't know who revealed that to you. You know what? Man didn't teach you that. My father in heaven must have told you that. That, that upon that confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Very next statement, Jesus is looking at Peter and saying, get thee behind me, Satan. This guy goes from, I'll, I'll go to you to the death. Nothing will, I, I will never, I'll fight with you to the death. Peter, before the rooster crows three times tonight, you're going to deny me three times. He just had a habit of doing that. Many of us have had that habit. I want you to notice something, though. He, God has started to teach him on how to finish strong. The first thing I want you to understand is this. How do you finish strong in the storms of life? Number one, you got to remember you're going somewhere. 
Say it again, Pastor. You are going somewhere. Every single one of you has a destination. Every single one of you has a a direction that God has given to you for your life. That God has ordained a destiny upon you. I want you to take a look at this. As you see that when Jesus tells him in chapter 14, verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat. He didn't request. He told them, hey guys, get in the boat. Why? I want to be by myself. And then what did he tell them to go? Where did he tell them to go? Sent them to the other side. There was a destination. God doesn't make, uh, he, he doesn't say, well, I'd like you to get here. He literally released a destiny upon their life. And every one of you, the Bible says, according to Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I want you to recognize that word is plans. It's plural. There's more than one plan that even if you mess up your plan, even if you sin in your plan, even if you destroyed your plan, that God still has factored in your mess up in his plan he has plans for your life God has already factored in your mess ups he's already done those things and so I need you to understand that your destiny has been set God has already assigned a destiny for your life he's assigned a dream he's assigned a place for you to get to and I want you to recognize that Jesus commanded them to get in the boat they got in the boat out of obedience and so I need you to recognize that just because you obey Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to go through some storms in life come on let's just get over it right now we have this idea in the church that if I'm doing what God tells me to do, I'll never face a storm in my life. Let's get over that right now. There's only two kinds of people that go through storms in life, believers and unbelievers. Some of y'all will get that when you get home. Everyone goes through storms. We all go through tough times. We all go through battles. But God had already determined you are going to get to the other side. So even though I'm struggling halfway right now, I might not be making any progress. I might be battling right now. It may not seem like I'm going anywhere. Honey, you need to recognize you have a destiny that has already been set for your life. Come on, somebody give God praise. Secondly, I want you to understand is that you got to stay focused. I love when Peter sees that, you know, the disciples are out there in the middle of the storm. And then the Bible says that they seen Jesus walking on the water. The book of Matthew says that he would have passed them by. That's difficult. That Jesus would have passed them by on the water. That tells me this, that if we're not looking for Christ in the middle of our storms, that he might be there, but he'll just keep on going because we focused in more on the storm than we did looking for him. Jesus is always close enough in the storm. But I want you to notice what happens is that Peter sees him and he says, Jesus, if it's you, command me to go. There are too many of us jumping out of a perfectly good boat in the middle of a storm. When Jesus never told you to step out. You're wondering why, why, why am I walking on water? Jesus never told you to step out of that marriage. That marriage was perfectly good. He never told you to step out of that job. That job was perfectly good. Never told you to step out of that situation. That situation, in the middle of our storms, we're stepping out of things that God never told us to step out of. Oh, it's quiet in here now. We were just shouting a little while ago. I'm taking you somewhere. Stay with me. So when when Jesus says, come, Peter steps out of the boat. 
And when he steps out of the boat, all of a sudden he's walking on water, but there's a storm going on. So how many have ever been to Half Moon Bay? Now, I asked the first service, have you ever gone deep sea fishing in Half Moon Bay? I've never gone deep sea fishing in Half Moon Bay. I've been out there three times as a kid. Never went deep sea fishing. All I did was feed the fish. Because the moment I got on the boat, I was just on the side, just, now, my, my pole never hit the water because the moment we never eat salami before you get on a deep sea, it's worse coming out than it is going in. Because in, 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 as you're going out, all of a sudden, all you see is land, then all you see is water. Land, water. Land, water. Get the picture? And as you get farther out, all you see is sky, water. Sky, water. And those little pink pills you take to keep you from motion sickness, I vomited those suckers out too. It's like, it was, it was nasty. And those taste worse coming out. So as Peter's walking on the water, one moment he sees Jesus, the next moment he sees water. One moment he sees Jesus, next moment he sees water. Are you following me? Because the storm's going on. And many of us, when we're going through stormy seasons of life, we know that Jesus is out there, but all we see is the storm. And then all of a sudden, we're on the high, and all of a sudden, we're on top of the storm, man. God is good. God, I can see Jesus. Jesus is right there. And then all of a sudden, the, the swell goes the other way. And now we can't see him anymore. Can you believe that Jesus is still there when you can't see him? When he's just on the other side of that, that wave, if he's just on the other side of that, that swoon, is he still there? Can you believe him even when you can't see him? you got to focus in on, and the, the Bible says this in verse 30, it says this, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. That word boisterous is strong. It means powerful. It means mighty, able, or forceful. It's the same word we find in the book of Matthew 12, 29, where it says you have to bind the strong man in order to take over the house. That this thing was so strong, but Jesus is saying, I'm stronger. I'm greater than the storm, and I'm here to tell you something. No one is saying that the storms that you're going through today aren't powerful. I'm just here to tell you that your God is more powerful than the storm. I'm not denying that what you're going through is tough. I'm just denying its power over my God. I'm not denying that the wind isn't strong. I'm not denying that the waves aren't real. I'm just here to tell you that if Jesus is in it with me, I'm still okay. That there's no storm that is stronger than my God. Somebody give God praise. It all started with his focus. If I can get Vivi to help me out. It all started with this focus. What are you focused in on today? What do you notice in the midst of your struggle? There are many of us that are so focused in on the size of the waves that you're missing out on the opportunity of the size of your God. How do we finish strong? I want you to understand that you got to recognize the signs of sinking. 
This is vital. I want you to look at the part, part of that verse 30. It says this, and he began to sink. Everyone say began. began. There's always a beginning to a failure. Failure is a process. It's not an event. You don't wake up addicted. You don't wake up divorced. You don't wake up in bankruptcy. All these things start as a process. Come on, somebody. All these things start. Every failure has a starting point. In every one of our lives, there is a starting point. And one of the things, you may, you may talk all you want about Peter, but one thing I know about Peter, he was smart enough to know when he was in trouble. And there's some of us that are so hard-headed that no matter what we go through, we think everything's okay. That's not faith. That's fake. you got to be able to recognize when things are going bad. you got to be able to recognize when you're sinking. The Bible says that when he began to sink, he recognized that he was sinking. He noticed that that next step didn't feel like the step he had taken before. As he was walking, he began to notice that his feet were going deeper than they did the previous step. You know when you're beginning to sink. You know when you're beginning to go down. Come on, somebody. You know it. Every one of us in here, before we sin, we know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it. I know my weak points. Come on, I'm not dumb. I know exactly when I'm going to do it and how I'm going to do it. It's usually Sunday night. Like, Pastor, you sin on Sunday nights? Every Sunday night. I go into the sin of gluttony on Sunday night. It's terrible. Because we're usually watching TV and the lights are off in the, in the, the T. And Ann's just like, babe, be, be, be careful. Minimize your damage tonight. <laughs> because Saturday and Sunday, I don't work out. And, it's, you know, Monday morning, first thing in the morning, we're up, we're running. And then I, I do two a days on Monday, Tuesday. But on, on, on Sunday, I'm working out tomorrow. So she sees me getting up. She know I know. I'm sitting there. It's usually right after the Sunday night football game. Getting up, start looking around, start. Where's the sweets at? Come on, you you know you know what I'm talking about. You you know where she's at. You know where he hangs out. You know that if you go at this time, if you hang out in this certain area, he or she or that thing is going to be there. You know that while you're going to the store that I'm just going to stop by to say hello or I'm just going to drive by just for you know exactly what you're going to do when you're going to do it. But the problem is we're sinking and we refuse to acknowledge that we're going down. Peter was smart enough to recognize I'm going down. He recognized, and I need you to understand, don't wait too late. When you're going down, recognize it. How do we finish strong? You can't worry about what others think. Well, I can't go to the altar. What are people going to say, man? I've been up there the past four weeks in a row. Make it five. It's all right. At least you came to church five weeks in a row. Come on, somebody. 
So, some of us are so concerned what people are thinking. When, when, when he, he finds himself sinking, he's like, wait a minute. I don't have time to impress anyone. When you're sinking, you don't have time to, to be concerned about what everyone else is thinking. When you're going down spiritually, when you're down in addiction, when you're down in your marriage, when you're down financially, when you're emotionally into depression, I can't wait for someone to, I can't worry about what someone thinks about me. I need help. And he cried out. What are people going to think of me if I cry out? If I get back to the boat, what are the other disciples going to say? They say, man, you look stupid out there. You were crying, Jesus, save me. (laughs) Come on, man, you want to, hey, Jesus, if it's you, let me go out there. And you went out there and you saved, dude. What's wrong with you? But Peter wasn't concerned about that. In the moment he needed saving, in the moment he needed help. And so he calls out, I tell you, when you're sinking, the opinions of others don't matter. When my body needs healing, I don't care what you think. I need help. Oh, come on, somebody. See, the only opinion that matters is God's when I need help. So how do I finish strong? You gotta be a, can't be afraid to ask for help. So what's he say? He cries out, Lord, save me. In fact, it was probably more like, Lord, save me. Almost like the prayer I give before I preach every Sunday morning, Lord, help. Because I feel like that. I can't do this on my own. I need him. You need him. Notice who Peter cries out to. He doesn't cry to the disciples. They can't help him. Some of you are crying to the wrong people. In the midst of your need, you're you're going through marital trouble. Why are you talking to that person that went through seven divorces? Well, let's just go hang out. Let's go to the club. Let's go do this. Your marriages have all fallen apart. Why am I going to do what you told me to do? Go to someone that actually has one together. Say it again, Pastor. If you want to break addiction, go to someone that succeeded. If you want to go, if, if, if you want to break uh, hatred or anger, go to someone that's not angry. You got to know who to call out to. He calls out, Lord, save me. But you know what's so cool about this is that you are never meant to walk through the storms alone. There's not a storm created that God ever meant for you to go through alone. He's always planned on being with you through each and every storm. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He promised to be there. And you know what? Because of time, I just don't have time to finish this whole message today. But I want you to understand something. The Bible simply says this, that when he releases that statement, Lord, save me. Look at this. Verse 31 says, and immediately, someone say immediately. Immediately, Jesus saved him. Jesus caught him. What's that mean when he says caught? Now, if Jesus is going to catch, in fact, pa- Pastor Matt, stand up here real quick, man. I, I, w- I want to walk, walk through something with you. Cisco, come here. I want, past- I want you to catch Pastor Matt because I think if you catch him, if he catches you, you, he might drop you. Okay? So I just want you to... Stand backwards and he's going to catch you, okay? 
Okay, trust. This is the trust deal. Stop being scared. Stop looking back. He got you, bro. He got you. Now, 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 wait, wait a minute. There, there's a principle here, okay? When I catch something, I have to be high enough to catch it. So when the Bible says that Jesus immediately caught him, he didn't reach down. He caught him, which tells me Peter never sank. We like these preachers that preach and talk about that he was underwater and Jesus reached his hand down into the water and pulled him out right when a shark was about to get him or something. We love the, the, the animation and we love the theatrics of it, but the Bible says that Jesus caught him. You can't catch something that's under you. Peter never went under, the, he might have caught his arm, but he never went underwater. I'm here to tell you that no matter how bad your storm might be, that my God, if he's with you, you'll never go under. You'll never have to experience what it is to be underwater. Because my God will catch you. Thank you, gentlemen. Don't be so afraid next time. Have faith in Cisco, man. Look like one of them revival services where people get pushed down. <laughs> when they get back in the boat, help me out a little, Vivi. Troy, would you join them, worship team? Three gospels tell the same story. And each one of them concluded differently. One says that when they got in the boat, the, water, the, the waves and the, the wind ceased and they marveled. Another says they got in the boat, the wind ceased and they worshipped him. Another one says that he got in the boat, the wind ceased and they were immediately at their destination. They finished strong. That means they covered two miles in a moment that Jesus stepped into the boat. When Jesus is in the boat, you can get farther than you could on your own. But I want you to notice what happens here. That means this. While Peter was walking on the water, the storm was raging. When Jesus caught him, the storm was raging. When they walked back to the boat, the storm was when they got to the boat, the storm was. When Peter got in the boat, the storm was. The wind and the waves didn't stop until Jesus got in the boat. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you go through, the wind and the waves may be blowing. But as long as I have Jesus by my side... I don't have to worry about the winds and the waves. As long as Jesus is with me, 
It doesn't matter whether the winds and the waves are blowing. What changed? Notice this. Peter's situation or circumstance didn't change. His focus did. Some of you are so focused in on your circumstances that you're missing out on Jesus right next to you. If you would just focus in on Jesus, you wouldn't give a rip about the storm around you. Because as long as I have Jesus, it doesn't matter what's blowing. His circumstances didn't change. His focus did. Just change your focus today. And be teachable. Jesus looks at Peter at the end and says, dude, why did you doubt? Jesus catches them, then he corrects them. Be teachable. Don't go through the same storm over and over and over again without learning something through it. Allow yourself to have someone in your life that would speak life to you, but is also willing to correct you. We're in, a, we're in the trouble that we're in sometimes because you won't listen to no one. I got it. You know, I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to listen to you. That's all right. Don't listen. But that's why you keep going through the same storm over and over and over again. Peter was willing to listen and be corrected. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to prophesy to some of you right now. That your storm might not stop, but the presence of Jesus is going to show up in that storm. And that if you would just focus in on Jesus, you're going to get to where you're going. I want you to stand to your feet with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.